That is a video from the last time we did a missions trip in Honduras. Um, the, uh, you can see some pictures there. We're going to be going again May 31st through June 6th. I'm very emotional because uh, you don't know what poverty and mess is until you go somewhere like that. We don't realize how good you got it. I've done missions trips around the world. I've never been any, anywhere quite like Honduras. Um, the garbage dump you saw there is the only place in the world I've ever stood and watched people, cows, buzzards, and dogs fight over the same pile of trash trying to find a meal. Uh, we're going to go and build houses for people. This year we're going to do, or uh, next year I guess, the next mission trip we're going to do three houses. Uh, you saw in there, we did two this past time. Everybody can do it. You saw ladies, you saw young teenagers there nailing nails into the side of wood frames. Anybody can do it. There's nobody that's exempt. And uh, I invite you to come. Uh, we've got some information. Tracy, stand up if you would. Tracy, stand up. Everybody look back at Tracy and say, hey, Tracy. He's going to be handing out flyers to anybody that would like to uh, gather some more information, and uh, it's uh, May 31st through June 6th, but as you see on some of the pictures, I, I don't know how to tell you, uh, you know, I've been on a lot of missions trips, but when you can go and take somebody who's homeless, many times it's young single women with a couple of kids, and get them off the streets and put them in a house, now it's not, it's more like a shack to us, but to them it's a dry place to lay their head. Um, it's incredible to be invest a week of your life into making a difference that will last a lifetime. Uh, we see people saved, we see people delivered, we see people set free, and uh, so I want you. I want to encourage you to sign up. I want you to come. Uh, we need to start getting an idea of who may be interested. I am going to go. I debated whether or not to go on this trip, but I feel like I'm supposed to. So I'm going to be uh, helping lead that. Tracy's going to help me lead it, and. Uh, and uh, we're just going to go make a difference. Amen. If you've never been on a short-term missions trip, you should, you should try one. It is life-changing. And uh, as you saw there, uh, uh, several of you, a few of you have been with me before. How many of you have been with me to Honduras? I saw Jake on the video and Roxanne. It's pretty incredible, isn't it, Jake? It's an amazing experience and it's amazing to do something like that for the kingdom of God. So, so sign up. Amen. God is not just working there. God is working here. Um, we have had, uh, here recently, we had someone saved a couple of weeks ago. We had a rededication last week. We've had two people baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and I praise God for that. Marty, stand up if you would. Stand up, Marty. Marty. No. You, Marty. Marty. Marty is, I won't tell you how old he is, but he's up there in age and... Uh, Last week, he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. A Jewish man received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and spoke with other tongues, and he's been praying in the Spirit ever since. Amen. I'm going to be preaching uh, for a couple of months, actually, towards the end of January, February, March, on the, on the Holy Spirit. And uh, we need to know who he is and what he's all about. And I can tell you this, um, man, the Holy Spirit is for all of us. Praise God. I, I totally got emotional in that uh, video, and I lost all composure of what I'm supposed to be saying. Um, we had about 22 people, I'm told, and went to the chili cook-off yesterday, 
And I'm told it was fantastic. You know, Chris Combs went home with some ribbons and some taste testing ribbons and some presentation ribbons. People that tried Tracy's chili went home with their ears popping and their hearts and their throats on fire. It was so hot. Then they tricked poor Leon into eating a brownie that was a jalapeno hot brownie. And he went home on fire. <laughs> but uh, it was a great time. Uh, and so uh, if we have ever miss announcements or whatever, we do that from time to time. Please read your emails. Read your emails. Get your, open them up. We still have a lot of people that don't even open them. Open them, open them, open them so you'll know what's going on. There's no way we can announce everything. I forget. I'm supposed to. And then I remember about 3 o'clock on Sundays to say, oh, I forgot to say this. So uh, don't hold that against me. But just check your emails, check the website, and all that other good stuff. Um, when we get to the end of a service, if you will help us out, um, it, we have a, 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 a deal here where when I turn it over to someone and I start to walk away, about 25 of you start getting pocketbooks and start heading out too. Don't run for the doors. Hey Amen. Just, just hang out a minute because there are new people here every single week and we are trying to give some instructions and some things that the new people need to hear. I know for you that have been here, you've heard it a million times. It's just white noise to you. But for someone new, there's a reason we do that. It's for the new people. So if you'll help us out and just hang out, just give us a couple minutes. I promise we're still going to let you beat the Baptist to the lunch line. Amen? It'll be all right. Praise God. God is good. Uh, there was one more thing I think I was supposed to say, and I don't remember what it was. Oh, uh, their door knocking today. Prayer walking went on yesterday. Door knocking today is at one. Where's Todd at? Is he downstairs? Todd's right over there. How could I miss Todd? Todd, stand up to your feet if you would. Everybody look at Todd and say, hey, Todd. Todd is uh, going to help lead the, the passing out. We get knocking on doors through Deer Park. Handing them information about the church and just simply inviting them to church. And that's not hard to do. You don't have to share Jesus if you don't want to. If you do, that's great too. But all you got to do is just hand them a flyer and say, hey, we'd like to invite you to church. Praise God. And we're getting some great, great uh, responses out of that. And so we're going to keep witnessing for Christ. Amen. Well, I'm in the last message of the series on the presence of God. And today is I, I've got my favorite one. And that is simply walking with God. Everybody say walking with God. If you will turn, or don't forget version notes. Uh, if you don't uh, know how to do that, um, you, can, uh, you can see uh, uh, somebody, a table who you can see. Now, it doesn't have to, you can't do it right after service. But at some point, if you know how to do version and you know how to show somebody else, please stand to your feet. If you know how to do version, you know how it works and you know how to operate it, would you stand to your feet? Okay, keep standing, keep standing. Okay, if you don't know how, look at all these people to help you. How cool is that? Amen. Problem fixed. All right. Everybody stand to your feet. Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5. I was going to say it was great to see my daughter Haley. She's in for the weekend. The only weekend she's come home uh, this semester and been able to, but she seems to be missing. So but we're glad she's here. Amen. Genesis chapter 5, verse 19 through 24. If, if, and if you have it, I want you to turn in your Bibles if you would. Sarah, that's in the Old Testament. That's the first book of the... Of the Old Testament. I'm just kidding. Just a joke. All right, everybody turn to Genesis chapter 5, verse 19 through 24. Man, I'm telling you, that, that video and all the memories of Honduras just really got to me there. Um, been four times. This will be my fifth, and you, you won't be disappointed if you come. All right, Genesis 5, 19 through 24. Are you ready for a word from God? 
I, I didn't sound, that didn't sound very, you know, appealing. Are you ready to hear from God? Amen. Amen. All right, poke your neighbor and say, Pastor's got a word from God. After he became the father of Enoch, Jared lived 800 years. Can you imagine living that long? And had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Jared lived a total of 962 years, and then he died. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah, and he became the father of Methuselah. Uh, after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God. Everybody say, walked faithfully with God. 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. Enoch walked faithfully with God. Everybody say, walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more... Because God took him away. Wow. There's a great picture in the Old Testament of the rapture. And God's coming back for his church, folks, prophetically. And he's coming back for people that walk with him. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you are here. And now, God, I ask you to anoint me to speak forth your word in spirit and truth and power and in might. Lord, let every word come straight from the throne of God into our hearts. Lord, I'm asking you to speak to us. Speak right through me, God. I pray let my preaching not be in word and tongue only, but also in power and in deed. And let this seed fall in the good soil of our hearts and grow and bear forth fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hold your Bibles in whatever form you have up, electronically or however. Most people are electronic anymore, but if you have a paper Bible, that too. And let's boldly declare, Father, today, this week, by your grace, I'm going to be a doer of your word. And not a hearer only, deceiving my own self. Now, Lord, anoint my ears, anoint my heart, anoint my spirit, anoint my soul, my mind, and my body to receive the truth of your word. In Christ's name I pray. Amen, amen. High five two or three people as you're being seated. There's a story of a 16-year-old girl who was an absolute prodigy. She was brilliant. She was... And IQ off the charts. She was, uh, she was amazing how brilliant she was. And they set up a television show. And they were going to bring in the, the world's profound, most brilliant mathematicians. And, and uh, college professors with PhDs in chemistry and historians. And you name it. The list went on and on and on of, of everyone that they would bring. And, and they would ask her tough questions. And she, they began to ask. And she just... Just rifle them off. Answers. Boom, 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 boom. Finally, the questions begin to die down and go to a law until finally there were no more questions. The moderator of the show said, does anybody else have any questions? Everybody kind of sat quiet. And all of a sudden, the young man, roughly about 19 years old, behind the TV camera, he was there to, 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 watch, to hold the camera and, and to work the video camera for the show. He raised that and he said, I have a question. They began to snicker and they began to laugh, thinking, you know, this obvious, uneducated young man, what could he possibly ask that she wouldn't know? And they snickered and they laughed and they thought it was funny. And she said, no, 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 let him ask the question. I want to hear what it is. The crowd quieted down and he said, what's the meaning of life? The crowd got stumped and they were stunned and shocked as they realized that she could obviously not answer The question. And finally she said, I just don't know. 
What is our purpose? Why are we here? And James 4 and 14 says, Why do you not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. One day when you die, they're going to have a tombstone for you. And you're going to have one year which represents your birth. You're going to have another year which represents your death. And you're going to have a dash that's supposed to represent your entire life. Look at your neighbor and say you're a dash. That little insignificant dash is supposed to represent your entire life on this earth. Think about that for just a moment. Any number divided by infinity is zero. Ask any mathematician. So if you live to be 120 years old, if you live to be Tom Thayer's age, and you say, boy, that's a really long time to live because he's in his 90s. You know, when you divide that by eternity, it's zero. That means Tom Thayer, the, the long, wonderful life God has given you, it amounts to zero. And by the way, I know that we honored veterans before, but Tom Thayer served in World War II in our army and spent 18 months. Is that right? 16 or 18 months in Germany. And I want to thank you for your service. World War II vet right back there. Germany. Praise God. It's incredible. But here's, what I want to, here's the point I want to make. As long as you live your life, if you live to be 100, which we would all agree is a very long life. We, that seems like, wow, what a long life. When you divide it by eternity, it's zero. I've got my rope here and my wiffle ball. And this wiffle ball, for our intensive purposes today, represents the entire 6,000 years of mankind on earth. We look and we think about Adam and Eve 6,000 years ago, but in the scope of eternity, it's nothing. This rope doesn't even do it justice because the rope would just keep on going out of the theater and it would cross the river and it would go down past Florida and it would go around the globe and it would go out into outer space and it would keep going and going and going because there's no end to eternity. What we think is so long and what we think is, is such a long life on this earth is just like that to God. Why are we here? Why did God put us here? What is the purpose of life? I want to tell you the answer to that question is simple. The meaning of life is about a walk with God. Everybody say walk with God. The dash is about the walk with God. You can have all the aspirations you want in life. You can aspire to be the CEO of a major company. You can aspire to be a billionaire. You can aspire to live in the greatest houses and eat the finest of foods. You can aspire to have all the degrees you want. It doesn't matter. You can aspire to have all that stuff. At the end of the day, when you take your last breath, there's only two things that are going to matter. One is, did you walk with God? And two, did you lead others to walk with God? Because when you take your last breath on this earth, God is not going to ask you if you got a degree. He's not going to ask you if you made it to be CEO. He's not going to ask you your checking account amount or how much money you've got in the bank. He's going to ask you, is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Did you walk with me? And where are your sheaves? Where are the people you can bring before me that you led to walk with me? In the grand scheme of things, we get caught up in the here and now. And this little ball represents everything in our world that's important. And in God's eyes, it's everything else that's really important. What are you doing to walk with God and what are you doing to 
Lead others to walk with God. Enoch's name means dedicated. Everybody say dedicated. If you're going to walk with God, you're going to have to be dedicated to Him and do it every day. Enoch was the seventh generation that walked with God. Now, I don't want to get into heavy prophecy here, but that's about the 7,000. If, you know, a day is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. You know, that's the seventh generation. Well, guess what? We're in the 7,000 years now from mankind. And just as God took Enoch out in a rapture, God's going to take the church out in a rapture. I totally believe that. Listen. Adam was his great, 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 great grandfather. And Adam was very much alive when Enoch walked the earth. As a matter of fact, Adam was about 630 years old when Enoch was born. Or 622, excuse me. And he died at 930. Enoch was 365 years old. And it's almost like God gave him one year for one day on the earth. And after that, he said, we're going to take you out of here. Now, there's not a lot to know about Enoch in the Bible. We don't know his rank. We don't know his profession. But what we do know about him is astounding. And two things are of great interest. One is his life on earth and two, his wonderful exit from earth. Which leads me to point number one. I only have two points today. Point number one is this. Will you walk with God? Poke your neighbor and say, will you walk with God? Enoch walked with God. What greater thing can be said about you than you walked with God? When I die and I leave this earth, there's nothing greater that my family could say about Dallas Howard than he was a man of God who walked with God. And he led others to walk with God. When people open up the newspaper and they read the obituary, what would you like for it to say about you? In his book, Who Switched the Price Tags, Anthony Campolo related the words of a pastor of a Baptist church speaking to a group of college students in his congregation. Here's what he wrote. Children, you're going to die. That's real encouraging, isn't it? I love this part. He said, one of these days, they're going to take you to the cemetery, drop you in a hole, throw some dirt on your face, and go back to the church and eat potato salad. How many know that's true? He said, when you were born... You alone were crying and everybody else was happy. The important question I want to ask is this. When you die, are you alone going to be happy and leaving everybody else crying? The answer depends on whether you live to get titles or you live to get testimonies. When you, they lay you in the grave, are people going to stand around reciting the fancy titles you earned? Or are they going to stand around giving testimonies of the good things you did for them? Will you leave behind just a newspaper column telling people how important you were? Or will you leave crying people who give testimonies of how they lost the best friend that they ever had? It's very interesting what you can find on the internet as far as tombstones. Now, I'm not talking about what people, what I'm going to share with you now is not what people actually like said at someone's funeral. They actually engraved what I'm about to tell you on someone's tombstone. That means anybody that can walk by can read this tombstone and see what they say. Some of them are horrifically awful. Some of them are quite funny. Here's some, and I wrote some down and thought I'd share. Here's one. No one really liked him. Can you imagine that being on your tombstone? Here's one for Dwayne. Great father, great husband, bad fireman. (laughs) I mean, that's what... Dwayne's a great fireman. I was just, I thought he would appreciate the joke. Here lies a man named Zeke. (laughs) Second fastest draw on Cripple Creek. (laughs) Oh, here's one. 
Here lies, yeah, in other words, he was the second fastest runner. He's dead. Anyways. Here lies an atheist, all dressed up and nowhere to go. He's dead, period. Finally, explanation point. Rest in pieces. Not sure what happened to that guy. Here's one. Gun down, seen on the 11 o'clock news. <laughs> Last words. Hey, guys, watch this. When they say don't check for gas leaks with a match, they mean it. Tombstone in Arizona. Here lies Lester Moore. <laughs> Four slugs from a 44. No less, no more. <laughs> I mean, these are actually engraved on tombstones. Here we go, here we go. Dennis Tombstone. John Brown is filling his last cavity. <laughs> a, a, a tombstone in Georgia. I told you I was sick. <laughs> Here's a tombstone found in Pennsylvania. Here lies the body of Jonathan Blake. Stepped on the gas instead of the brake. <laughs> Here's a tombstone in England. Here we go. The children of Israel wanted bread, and the Lord sent them manna. Old clerk Wallace wanted a wife, and the devil sent him manna. <laughs> All right, last one, last one. In England, Owen Moore is gone away. Owen Moore, than he could pay. Well, I had some funny moments there. But what would you like for your tombstone to say? What would you like for people to say about you? Enoch was born a child of wrath, but he became a child of grace. And Jesus is here to offer that to all of us today. The wicked are without God, but Enoch was at peace with God, and we can have peace through Jesus Christ. Amos 3.3 says it this way. Can two walk together unless they are agreed? In order to walk together, that implies that there's unity and there's agreement. You can't walk, to, you can't walk with God and live in sin. You can't walk with God without a relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't walk with God without Jesus. He's the access to be able to walk with God. Five years ago, my, Holly and I, we took two weeks and we went to Guantanamo Bay to visit my brother. And the only reason we could even get there was because of his position as warden. And so we got there and we enjoyed ourselves and had a great time. But you can't just call up the tour agent and say, hey, I'd like a round trip ticket to Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, please. They'll laugh you out of the place because you have to fly from a military base to another military base on military planes. And you have to know someone in order to get in there. He was the access there. The access to walk with God is no one but Jesus Christ. And His precious blood will wash away our sins, save our souls, and allow us to walk with God. Somebody say, I'm going to walk with God. Now, you have to understand, when Adam lived, as long as he did, he had grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and the list goes on and on, and his family multiplied. And I'm sure, if you just put on your imagination cap with me, I can just see now some of the grandchildren coming up, just inquisitive. Adam, what was some of the fruit like? And I'm sure at first, Adam was excited to tell, oh, the fruit was like this and that. And maybe another one come along. Sure is hot out here today, Adam. I'm sweating. What was it like to, to work without the sweat of my brow? Adam, Adam, man, these thorns and thistles, are, the weeds are taking over everywhere. What was it like to work and, and not have to deal with thorns and thistles and all this stuff? 
Not, not judging him, but it's just inquisitive. Here's one, here's one. Adam, Adam, Grandpappy Adam, what was it like to talk to a snake? Well, what was it like to name all the animals? What was it like to wake up and see this woman next to you? Whoa, man. And I'm sure as time went on, he got... He probably got tired of it. I'm sure as hundreds of years went on, it just brought back bad memories. In fact, uh, if you study, historians will tell you, some Jewish historians will tell you, that Adam lived most of the rest of his life in depression. Maybe there was some other family members, I'm sure, maybe that were not quite as nice in their questions. Maybe they had a bad day and they said, Grandpappy Adam, why'd you do it? You've ruined my life. Grandmammy A Eve, Mamma Eve, you blew it. Look where I'm at now. It's your fault. You know, we're a lot like that in society. We take the hands we were dealt from a, from a childhood or whatever, and we use it as a crutch, and we, and we use it as, a, as an excuse, and we take on the victim mentality, and we say, why mom and dad or grandma or everybody else, why'd you do it? And I'm sure Adam got tired of hearing it all. And finally one day, seven generations later, 622 years later, Adam thought he heard it all. Adam thought it was all over. He'd heard everything that there was to hear. And here comes little Enoch pulling on his shirt tail. Grandpappy Adam, Mamma Eve, I got a question. And they're thinking, you know what they're thinking. They're thinking, oh great, here we go again. And when Enoch opened his mouth, I believe this. I believe it stopped Adam in his tracks. I believe it stunned him and tears began to fall down his face. When he heard little Enoch say, Grandpappy Adam, what was it like to walk with God in the cool of the day? And oh, I could see Adam reliving what it was like to have God come in the cool of the day and walk with him. And as he's telling Enoch, Enoch's heart is bursting like little grandbabies will. And when he was done with his conversation, I believe Enoch ran all the way home. And he said, one day, I am going to walk with God. The greatest thing Adam could have ever given to Enoch, and I believe it had to come from Adam, was a walk with God. Something stirred in Enoch's heart that said, man, if Adam can walk in the cool of the day with him, I want to walk with God. Is anybody's heart here to say, I want to walk with God? Wow, somebody say, I want to walk with Him. One day, Dr. Charles Weigel was in Pasadena, California, going through the beautiful rose gardens. And he came and he sat down at a conference later that day. And the guy over next to him, he says, hey, uh, Dr. Weigel, I know where you've been. He said, I can smell the fragrance of our lovely gardens. On your clothing. I want to tell you something folks. I want to walk with God. And have the fragrance of his presence. Everywhere I go. So people can say man. I know you have been with Jesus. Somebody shout amen. You say I want to see that in the New Testament. I'm glad you asked. Amen. Acts 4.13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John. And realized that they were unschooled ordinary men. They were astonished and took note. That these men had been with Jesus. This is way after Jesus has been resurrected. How could they know that unless Peter and John were in the presence of God? They said, man, we realize you guys don't know the Bible. You don't know all this other stuff. You're not scribes and Pharisees. But one thing we do know, you've been with Jesus. 
Woo! Somebody shout glory. The Bible says that Enoch was not. He was no more. You know, I I know that it means two things, really. One, it means he was gone. We understand that. But I think it also means he was no more. The old fleshly carnal man was dead and gone. Listen, this is a very New Testament scripture in Genesis chapter 5. It's the same way with us. When we come to Christ, it says we become a new creature. Old things passed away. Behold, all things become what? New. Can it be said about you, you are no more, and now Christ is shining through you. Paul said it this way, I die daily. Galatians 2.20, watch what he says. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. The old man's dead. But Christ lives what? In me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Matthew 16, 24, here's what it says. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Listen, I hear preachers sometimes, You don't have to take up a cross. Jesus did it for you. Yes, he took up a cross and died for my sins, which I couldn't do. But Jesus tells me right there in the Word, I still got to pick my cross up and carry it out and live it in that life. You do have to carry a cross. You can't pay for your own sins. Only Jesus' cross can do that. But you and I still have a cross to bear for the kingdom of God. Everybody say good preaching. Listen, welcome to God will have an effect on your children. Genesis 6, 9 says, This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. And he what? What? Would it astound you to know that Noah was also alive when Adam was? What got a hold of Noah to want to walk with God? Why did God take Enoch out of this world? I believe he walked faithful with him. Why did God look down at human race and say, Man, I need somebody who can uh, preserve the world, build an ark, and save his family. I know. I got the guy. He already walks with me. Noah. I want to tell you, when you walk with God, it will have an influence on your children, on your family, on your ancestors. Why was God so in love with David? I mean, David made mistakes. He blew it many times. Noah blew it many times. I mean, why does why is God, what is it that separates these people? Why was God so, did he call David the apple of his eye? What was it about David? Well, let's see what 1 Kings 8.25 says. Now, Lord, the God of Israel, keep your servant David, my father, the promises you made to him when you said, you shall never fail to have a successor to sit before me on the throne of Israel. If only your descendants are careful in all they do to Walk before me faithfully as you have done. When David, when God was looking for someone to bring Jesus through their family line, he said, I know I'm going to pick David because he walks faithfully with me. Somebody shout glory. When you walk with God, it releases blessings in your life. It blesses your future generations. And they begin to walk with God. There's nothing greater There's nothing greater I can leave my children and grandchildren one day than a walk with God and inheritance with Him. 
It'll serve them far greater than millions of dollars and all the other stuff. The greatest thing we can do is leave a testimony that man, dad, granddad walked with God. That leads me to point number two, and that is this. Would you like to be consistent in your walk with God? Man, Enoch enjoyed a close relationship with God. The Bible says he, Noah, David, they walked faithfully with God. What does that mean? It implies hours of happy relationship, happy joy, joy in their fellowship, joy in their communion together. It wasn't drudgery for these people. They enjoyed being with God. They were very intimate. It means they were very private. They were very personal. They were, they, were, they were intimate. Listen, there's things that Holly and I will tell each other and talk about that we want with anybody else because we're so intimate together as a married couple. Man, did you know God will lead you to the place where he will, he will, you can be that intimate. You can tell God everything and then God can start to trust you by telling you stuff. When you're intimate with someone, you'll open up and confide with them. Can you imagine how God must have confided with Enoch? Enoch's life was one of progress. Walking with God implies steady progress. In other words, Enoch didn't walk with God for a little bit and stop and do his own thing and then come back with God. No, when he walked faithfully with God, when Noah walked faithfully with God, when David did, they walked. It was steady progress. They didn't start and then stop. It speaks to us today in church. Don't start coming to church and then stop and then do your own thing. Don't get in the prayer closet and pray for a few days and then go a week without praying. Don't get in your word and read for three or four days and then not touch it again for a week. Continue your walk with him every day. Every day walk with God. Somebody shout amen. Sometimes... We get a lack of consistency. Is your relationship with God consistent? What happens with your relationships in life if there's no consistency? You know what happens? You lose closeness. How many know what I'm talking about? You have to stay in connection with that person to remain close with them. If you feel distant from God this morning or feel like he's out there somewhere, it could be that you've stopped walking with him in some area of your life. Maybe in devotions. He had, Enoch had unbroken companionship with his best friend. Man, there's so much on all of our plates. There's so much on all of us. If we don't make up our mind that we're going to walk with God every day, we won't do it. Give Him the first part of your day. Demand to yourself, I'm going to walk with God starting the day first thing in the morning and then all throughout the day. Listen, when you start your day walking with God in prayer, in worship, in the Word, it, it makes for a whole better day. Things that would ordinarily make you mad and angry and ruin the rest of your day will roll right off your back like water off a duck's back. How many can testify what I'm talking about? When I, when I start my day walking with God, He floods me with the fruit of the Spirit. He floods me with peace. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I've had this on my spirit all day. I don't know who's. There's a storm raging in somebody. And I speak to you like Jesus spoke to the storm. And I say, peace, be still. <laughs> in the Greek, peace, be still literally means to muzzle the mouth. You know what it really means? You know what Jesus said when he, they woke him up and the storm and the boat was on? He basically said, put a muzzle on it. 
I'm dealing with this today. Somebody in here needs to say, peace be still. Put a muzzle on the storm going on in your life. You don't have to put up with it no more. Somebody say amen. When I'm with God in the presence of God, I have more peace. I have more joy. I have more patience. When I'm in the presence of God and I'm walking with Him consistently, I walk in love. I'm more courteous. I'm more kind. I'm more gentle. I'm way better. Listen, when I'm walking with God like I'm supposed to, I'm a better man. I'm a better son to Him. I'm a better husband to my wife. I'm a better father to my children. I'm a better pastor to you. I am way better when I'm walking with God walking with God makes it keeps the relationship it keeps you fresh he focused his whole life on God that's what kept Enoch fresh check out this scripture passage here in Luke Jesus is speaking in Luke chapter 11 verse 9 through 13 he said so I, I, I say to you ask and it will be given you Should we be asking? He says, seek and you will find. Should we be seeking? He says, knock and it will be open to you. Should we be knocking? Of course. For everyone, everyone, poke your hand and say, everyone who asks what? And he who seeks what? And to him who knocks it will be. Okay, check this part of the scripture out. I love this. He says, if a son asks for bread, everybody say bread, for, from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, everybody say fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks an egg, everybody say an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then being evil, so Jesus is telling us, you guys are a bunch of scallywags. <laughs> and if you guys are a bunch of scallywags and you're evil, and you know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? If you're seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit, ask God. He gives Him pleasure to give you the Holy Spirit. We look at that on the surface, and one way we look at it directly, we say, well, it means exactly what it says. If we ask for bread, fish, or eggs, He's going to give us bread, fish, or eggs. In other words, if we ask God for good things, God's going to give us good things. But don't miss something very powerful here. They didn't have refrigerators and all that preservation back then. So if you wanted bread, what did you have to do? You had to get your ingredients together. You had to assemble it all. You had to put it in the oven and out came what? Fresh bread. Now, if you were to leave that bread out in Israel, out in the heat of the day for two or three days, what's that bread going to be like? It's going to be moldy, hard stale it's going to be terrible if you want a fish how many of you would go to the pond the sea of galilee catch you a fish lay it out in the sun in israel for three or four days and then decide to eat it right it's going to be rancid it's going to stink it's going to be nasty how many of you know if you've ever had chickens around if you just leave those eggs for days on end the eggs are going to go bad so what's what is he trying to say? He's trying to say if you want bread, fish, and eggs, if there's a freshness to it. You've got to receive from God every single day. Watch this. If you want to walk around and have spiritual fresh bread from heaven and spiritual fresh fish and fresh eggs and the fresh fruit of the Spirit every day, you've got to do it every day. You can't come in on a Sunday and think that's going to last you the next Sunday. No more than you would ever dare to make bread and leave it out and then come back three days later and say, Mom, this bread, 
breaking my teeth. It's terrible. It's not fresh. What God was saying was, just as you need fresh food every day, what Jesus was saying, he's got fresh spiritual encounters with him, fresh gifts, fresh love, fresh word every single day. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Proceedeth means forward. That means he, he speaks now. He speaks later today. He speaks tomorrow. But are we listening? Exodus 16 said that he gave the children of Israel fresh bread in the form of manna every day. Jesus said, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. We always look at that as a financial thing. Could it be give us this day our daily bread? Jesus is the bread of heaven. Give us this day my encounter with you today. Woo! What an end Enoch had. He's the only one in his entire family line that it does not say he died. He was no more because God took him. Again, it's a New Testament scripture. He ceased to be. He became a new creature in God. Listen, the old me carried around emotional wounds and addictions. The old me lived in worry and fear and anxiety and, and no love for people. But man, when Jesus came into my heart, when I accepted him and invited him in, he began to change my world, change me and turn me upside down. And he'll do the same for you, but you've got to invite him in. Church is great, but that's not good. He's knocking at the door. He is saying today, invite me in. Listen, this world is short. Eternity is forever. Will you choose to walk with God? Hebrews 11.5. Check this scripture out in the New Testament. By faith Enoch. Here's that guy again. Was taken away so that he did not see death. And was not found. The old man was not found. I pray to God the old man in me is never found again. Because God had taken him. When you come to Christ, God will take you into his kingdom. The old you dies. The new you is resurrected. You're a different person. Can I get a witness? Is anybody like me? For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Wow. You know, there are very few people in the scriptures that says he pleased God. He pleased God because he walked with God. Andrew Bonar thinks it this way. They were in such a habit, God and Enoch, of walking and taking long walks, that one day God looked down on Enoch and said, Hey, bud. You're a little, you, we don't walk so far now. You're closer to heaven than you are back to earth. Why don't you just keep on walking with me? And Enoch probably looked and said, I like that plan. I'm out of here. God would say to you today, come all the way with me. Listen to this little poem. I use it at funerals. A hundred years ahead. Tell me, friend, what will it matter? Everyone look at this little wiffle ball right here. I'm going to bring it right over here so you can see it. Tell me, friend... What will it matter, say, 100 years from now, if this ball represents 100 years of your life? If you own 10,000 acres or just one old broken plow? If you bought your suits in Paris or your shoes in Italy or your clothes were made in patches as the bed quilts used to be? Whether you lived in a mansion with the first broad looms laid, if you had a private chauffeur, 
butler, cook, and nurse, and a maid, or if you lived in a cottage with your health gone on the skids, out of work, out of money, just your wife and seven kids. But there is more to life. There is more to this life right here than living. More for those who will believe. More in store laid up in heaven. The rest of this rope. If the Savior we receive, whether we are lost forever or to Jesus here we bow, this is what will make the difference in a hundred years from now. Everything in this yellow rope depends on the decision you make with this right here, this white wiffle ball representing this your whole life on this earth, and that is this. Will you accept Jesus and walk with God? The only thing that matters and will matter is whether or not we walked with God. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Musicians come. Singer, please. Now all has been heard. You've got to check this out. Listen to what he says here. Solomon is writing. Listen. Give me your attention for just a second. Solomon is writing. And Solomon has lived his entire life. By the time he writes Ecclesiastes, it's the last of his life. He's an old man by now. And he's gone from serving God to building temples to being, to, to falling into all kinds of traps with foreign women and doing heinous things. And at the end of his life, here's what Solomon says. He said, here's, here's what it's all about. Let me just wrap up this life we call earth right here in this verse. Now all has been heard. It's an old man now, King Solomon, the wisest man to ever walk the earth, Bible says. Here is the conclusion of it all. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. He controlled the world. He was the wisest, richest man ever to live on this earth, the Bible says. No one like him before or after. He said, let me just give you the conclusion of it all. Are you ready? Fear God. Walk with God, for that is what we're here to do.